Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio, our heroes did some dodging and dashing and barrel rolling and even some bench pressing. And despite looking a little crazy, they managed to foil the Duagar arrow slit trap. With that problem temporarily solved, the party was unsure of where to go next, as the hold seemed to be filled with death traps. But Esme had a scratch that needed itching. So she dashed away back to the dining room where she was sure there was a secret door. Benches were pressed. Feng Shui was worked out. Lumberjack skills were used. Clerics got left in the dark. Again. The party quickly followed Esmere back to the flame trap dining hall where she called on her keenly perceptive cleric friend to recheck the area. And her gift of divination was true, as Jake easily found a hidden door. Cullen took the lead and went first. As he was surveying the dark passages, the now familiar sound of crossbow bolts whizzed past his face. Duogar ambush! Again! Into the passages they went. Cullen to the east and Elric to the west where they were both greeted by the evil underdwarves. But with the divine blessings of Agma and a little help from a clumsy duogar, Cullen quickly took down an overseer. But the area quickly became flooded with an endless stream of duogar. With enemies now on all sides and more on the way, Cullen called out to retreat. And as the party was executing their tactical withdrawal, Elric was struck in the back by a crossbow bolt. An explosion was heard, followed by a shockwave. And suddenly, our eldritch knight was down. What was the source of that shockwave? And what has happened to Elric? How many things make up a multitude? Why are Duogar warriors so passive-aggressive toward their overseers? And is being severely perturbed really only one notch below being enraged? Well, who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast! So you guys uh, found a secret passage that led you into the heart of Firehammer Hold. It also led you to what seems like an entire regiment of Durgar warriors that have taken over this ancient dwarven hold. You uh, quickly found yourselves outnumbered and outflanked, so you decided to make a hasty retreat back out the passage to regroup. 
And as you're retreating, the Durgar shot bolts down into the passage. And Elric, who was uh, bringing up the rear, took a bolt in his back. Then something happened. A wave of force energy blew through the thin passage. Cullen, you were almost knocked down by this force, but you kept your balance and you turned back around to see Elric lying motionless on the floor. And you look uh, further down the passage and you see a Durgar at the other end also lying on the floor. But he is moving as he starts to get back up on his feet. And it's your turn, Cullen. What do you do? Oh, Elric, I reach down and pick him up and I take the dash action and I run with him 30 feet out of the passage. So that would put me about in the middle of the room. Okay, so you lift Elric up off the floor and make your way out of the hall. And oh, if his glaive fell off out of his hand, I grabbed that on my way. Okay. I put my sword away and grabbed his, threw him on my shoulder in a fireman's carry and just started going. Okay, cool. So, Esmir and Jake, uh, Cullen suddenly runs out of the passage with a limp Elric slung over his shoulders, and as uh, quickly as he can, he runs out into the dining hall, and Esmir, it's your turn. What do you do? So, do I recognize what just happened? I mean, is it like a spell or something that I might know? Is it magic? Uh, no. It's def- it definitely felt magical, uh, but you don't recognize it as a spell that you've uh, seen or read about. Okay. Uh, I well, uh, Esmer has two mouths, minute meteors left. Okay. So I'm gonna dash up the hall, 25. Can I see guys from right here? Yes. Uh, you run back down the passage and you see four Durgar clustered around the entrance and one of them is um, starting to get back up off the floor. Okay. And they all turn back and look at you, uh, surprised that you're heading back. Hi, scumbags. <laughs> I don't know what you did to my friend, but I'm gonna try and pay you guys back in kind. <laughs> and I'm gonna shoot my mouth right in that square in between the, th- the four of them. Okay. And I'm gonna say, skadoosh. Oh. Fail, fail, fail. You guys failed. are all losers. All, all failed. All of them failed. That's the first total failure. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. Scumbags. And then I'm going to drop the blood drop on those mofos. Oh. Four points of damage. Well, one guy died. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Durgar Warrior 3 goes flying from the blast, and he hits the floor, and he doesn't get back up. I know you guys had fun with that, so I'm gonna share some more of my M&Ms with you guys. <laughs> M&Ms. <laughs> That's my favorite. And I'm going to And fail, fail, succeed. Come on, I need a good roll. The overseer's a little tougher than the other dudes. Yeah, oversee this buddy. Ka-ching. Ooh. Oh, eight points better. Eight. Heavy, heavy, and one guy took half. Yep, Overseer took four points, and the other took, took uh, the other two took all eight, and that put them both into heavy. Okay. So that was your bonus, and you dashed as your action, and you have uh, movement left, so do you want to keep moving? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna dash 
push back a little bit and I'm gonna shimmy backwards. I'm not gonna turn around, I'm just gonna do it backwards. Shimmy, 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 and I'm gonna go back to the corner here. All right, so you dash back into the dining hall and the overseer here, he pulls out his javelin and he uh, runs up to the doorway to throw it at you, uh, but you're no longer there, right? And he's like, where did she go? Uh, but he does see the boar at the other end of the passage, Bastard. so he chucks it at Boromir. Scumbag. Miss. And he misses. Yay! Ooh. Stupid guy. Mmm. You'll have to go back and get a wee bit more practice to hit our boar. I greased him up real good. I just threw some uh, uh, griffin grease on him. <laughs> All right, Jake. Uh, Esmir ran back into the passage. You heard some explosions and screams, and then she ran right back out, followed by a whizzing javelin. What do you do? Um... Okay, the first thing I'm going to do is I need healing bad because I've got six hit points left. Um, so I need to... Don't die, Jake. Don't die. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to burn a level two slot, my last one, and I'm going to mm. perform a spirit, a um, prayer of healing. Okay. So it's going to be um, two... 2d8 plus four. 2d8 plus four. Um, should I just do one roll for everybody? Yeah, just uh, control click everybody. Esmir, can I heal the boar? Uh, yeah, I guess. How many creatures can you heal? Up to six. Yeah. The mm -hmm. boar's hurt. No, I'm just doing it anyway. He's got a name, guys. <laughs> His name is Boromir. The boar. The boar. So oh yeah. Eighteen oh, man. points. Holy shit. That was sweet for, for everybody. All of us. Nice. Wow. I only have six wound now. Two ah, eight. That thanks, was Jake. You're the best. Sweet. Any time it was here. Thank you, Agma, for helping out. Praise be to Agma. So Jake prays to Agma, and you're all suddenly healed up and feeling bolstered. And you look back to Elric, expecting him to wake up but you see that he is still motionless on Cullen's shoulders. Wait, what? Motionless. Yes, it seems uh, the healing did not revive him, and uh, you're starting to get the feeling that something more than just battle injuries are at play here. Whoa, that's... A peculiar phenomenon of, yet we are on, of which we are yet unaware. All right, so do you want to move, Jake? Um, yeah, I do want to move. I want to move. Uh, I want to run away. Run away! Where do we run to? And then Esmir's gonna yell, Make your way back to the statue! I got an idea! Okay, and so that was that statue, um, what was her name? Halia Brightax? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna, I guess, just start heading for that room. So, um, I wanna pull my book back 20, 20 feet, and that will land on me. Okay. And I want to carry my book with me. And um, actually, you know what? Uh, can I slam that guy in the face with a bonus action? Sure. You uh, peer down the passage, and you can see Durgar Warrior 1 there reloading his crossbow. Okay. Uh, that's what I want to do. I want to use my book and slam him in the face. And it... Oh, oh, when he mis oh, oh and he hits! So close to a 20! All right, 16 hits. Roll the damage. Um... 
the damage would be Blink. a three. Exceeds bitches. Seven points. Seven points kills Exceeds them. Exceeds bitches. That's a new t-shirt. <laughs> All right, nice. You take another one down. Okay, now I want to move. Okay. Can my book still move? He moved one, two spaces, so he can move two more. One, two. Yep. Okay. So 10 feet and 10 feet. So now I'm going to start taking off, and I'm going to go five, 10, uh, 15, 20, 25, 30, and I'll be here. All right, Jake starts making his way through the dining hall towards the exit, and we cut to crossbow-wielding Duergar scrambling and uh, taking position at the other end of the secret passage. Do not shoot my pig. <laughs> and then three warriors shoot their bolts down the passage at Boromir. First bolt hits with a 17. Oh! Bastard. And it does nine points, maximum damage. He's heavily wounded. He's you still alive. Sons of bitches. I didn't realize they had so many hit points. Well, he's uh, the toughest of, yeah. of the other. Yeah. All right, the second bolt flies. You better miss. Oh, no. And it misses. Oh. And the third bolt flies. Hits with a 22. Oh. And Boromir goes down. What? And then... Boromir disappears. All right, now I'm pissed. Not cool. He was in the perfect ramming position, too. Mm, well, shed a tear for Boromir. You guys are gonna suffer and die because of this. <laughs> Bastards. That and many other transgressions. Colin, Jake has uh, passed you, heading for the exit, and behind you, you hear you hear Esmir uh, threatening a horrible death upon the Duergar. What are you going to do? All right, so, Esmir. Yes? I'm taking I'm taking Elric out of here. Good. We're heading towards the, the antechamber. Okay, I'll meet you there. I think I might try and kill one more of these guys or something, because they're stupid. <laughs> so I get to just to the other side of Jake. Esmir. Boromir is out, and as you uh, look down the passage to uh, to curse at the Duergar, you see uh, the three warriors who shot at Boromir move out of view, and then two different warriors take their place, and their loaded crossbows are trained down the passage, waiting for uh, someone to try and come down. So what do you do? I don't know if I want to run up there and shoot my... I don't want to redo my mouths because I can't... I can only sh hit one of them. I can't shoot it past them, right? You could shoot it past someone, as long as it's in range. Well, if you dropped it on eight, who knows what you might hit? Okay, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna scooch over one here. Okay, and as you do, these two Duergar release their bolts. Mm. I, that's what I thought. Readied actions. Yep. He did warn you. He said they were waiting for someone to go down the hall. I know, and I thought about that, and then I was like, he wouldn't do that to me. Oh, <laughs> you've been playing the same game I have? He likes me. <laughs> I'm married to him or some stupid idea like that. Okay, honey, try and kill me. All right, thank you. It's fine. Thank you. I don't you. mind. It's okay. All right, so as soon as you show yourself, number eight fires. Yes. And he misses. You're stupid. The other one fires. And miss. 
and he hits. And I'm gonna use my shield. All right, you quickly react, and the bolt bounces off your magic shield. Okay, you may now uh, continue with your turn. Okay. I'm going to cast my Melf's Minute Meteors. I'm going to shoot it at Durgar Warrior number eight, square. Is there anybody else next to him? Yes, there are uh, two other Durgar in range of uh, number eight square there. Oh, how convenient. <laughs> and I'm going to shoot my M&Ms at these guys. Fail, fail, succeed. Okay, I have a feeling that somebody should die this time. Mm, we'll see. I'm, I can only hope this is for poor, poor. Oh! Seven. Hmm. Okay, not Shit, bad. No one. Wounded, wounded half. Okay, sorry I didn't kill you. Uh, let's try, let's try it again from the top, guys. <laughs> As Gadoosh. Succeed, failure, succeed. Mm. Oh, come on, big money, big money. <laughs> oh, <Yes>! maximal <laughs> damage. Nice. Six and six, baby. All right, nice. Warrior number 11 in the front there just gets blown to bits. That was for Boar Boar. That's what you Hope get. Hope you have fun picking bloody chunks of your friend out of your nasty little beard. Yeah, shoot my pig. See what happens, <laughs> assholes. <laughs> and then I took my action and my bow, but I could still move. You can still move. Because I only moved five. So I'm going to go 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. I ran across the room towards the boys. Okay. I avenged Boar Boar, guys. Yay. I got four melfs in my pocket. (laughs) (laughs) And some turntables and a microphone. (laughs) Where it's at. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Right on. All right, then we cut to Jake at the dining hall door. I have to say for the record that Esmir feels very, very vulnerable because she has no familiars right now. Mm. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine that that is very traumatizing. So that's kind of messing her up a little bit. The menagerie is thin. It makes her remember her, her very first pet as a child was a squirrel. But I'll tell you guys about that guy later. So... Just a guess. Was his name Squirrel Squirrel? (laughs) (laughs) Squirrely. No, he had quite a long name, you know, but I called him Peanut. Peanut. (laughs) Nice. Okay. 5, 10, 15, 20 is going to be my book moving back towards me. Okay. Um, But it's still pretty far away from me, so I'm going to continue running even further away. Uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, and I will get into um, the adjacent room west of the dining hall. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Um, you know what? What is So I got 14 points I'm down. I think I'm going to just... Um, I'm going to cast uh, Cure Wounds on myself. Just do a 1d8 plus 4, so I'm going to cast it at first level. Okay. 
Um, I don't have any second or third level slots open anyway anymore, so... <laughs> uh, 1d8, and I get an 8. 12 points. Nice. Sweet. The most you can do. It's the most he can do. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel that way. Some healing for you. Now I'm only down to... <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> You guys should go to Harvard with me, man. We can make a nice team. Should I get my harp out? We can. No, no. <laughs> okay. So uh, as you guys are running through the dining hall, a Durgar uh, pokes out of the secret passage Oof. and fires at Esmir. At disadvantage, right? Look at all those pillars. Look at all those pillars. <laughs> what the fudge? You got magic. You got magic arrows, buddy. I will give you some partial cover. Yes. Thank you. Mm. It's just a suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So with a negative two, he fires. Miss you, scumbag. And he hits with a dirty twenty. Bastard. And you take seven points of damage as the bolt scumbag. sticks into your back. Good. Well, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna pay you back. Stupid jerk face. Remember his name. Warrior number eight. Jerk face. Jerk face number one. <laughs> jerk face number one. All right, Cullen. Uh, Jake has uh, made it into the entrance hall, but bolts are starting to fly through the dining hall. What do you do? So I'm going to enter the antechamber carrying Elric and the fireman's carry, dragging his glaive in one hand, using my other arm to stabilize him. This is getting a little old. Do we have a destination in mind? <laughs> Esmir, you just got nailed with a bolt and you uh, turn back to see a Durgar at the entrance of the secret passage and the secret door is starting to close. What do you do? Okay. I see the door starting to slide closed and I decide that I'm gonna shoot a firebolt, a parting gift. Okay, and he's also got some cover, so roll with a negative two. <laughs> Minus two. Fire bolt. Missed. Oh. I missed. Fourteen misses. It splashes against the closing secret door. Scumbag. Okay, so do you want to fire any meteors for your bonus? I might as well, because I could still kill him. So I'm going to try and shoot. I'm going to shoot on him in case there's somebody behind him. Okay. Squeezing his butt cheeks. Because <laughs> that's what they do. I don't I don't know if I need that visual. <laughs> All right, guy. Here's your uh, treaty bag. It's got some M&Ms in it. Okay, roll his uh, saving throw with a plus two, because the secret door is closing. Okay. Oh, you still fail. You still Ooh. failed because you're a loser. And then I'm going to drop the blood drop on him. Skadoosh. Ooh. And nice. you killed him. Oh. Esmeralda, the Dugar Slayer. Now they'll tell, they'll sing songs about you, about how you, the last thing you did was close the door because you were scared. <laughs> Scumbag. So as the door's closing, you toss your meteor inside the door, and just before it closes, you see I the- underhand. I underhand it. It gets stuck in there. <laughs> so there's this, like, it slides shut. You hear this moment of silence, and then 
boom, from the other side of the squad. Smoke comes curling out through the cracks around the door. And then, that, and then you hear, that was his face <laughs> the against thud. the Right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I was going to say, uh, chunks of Durgar fly out through the door right as it closes. <laughs> <laughs> that works, too. All right. And then, do I have some movement left? Uh, you have not moved yet. I have not moved yet. I do have movement. I'm going to move 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Jake, I totally blew that guy up while he was closing the door. It was friggin' hilarious. That's wonderful. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> so you got your revenge on Dugger number eight? Yes, that's what you get for shooting my pig. Okay, so everyone's made it into the entrance hall here, and the Durgar have closed the secret door. Uh, it doesn't look like they're pursuing you. So um, if you're just heading back to Halia's Shrine, let's drop out of initiative and just um, head over there. Okay. Mm. But Jake, what do you have for a light source? Um, the Drift Globe would be. Ah, where's the Drift Globe? Back in Elric's robe. The hallway? It's back in the secret hallway. Mm. Oh, is it in the hallway? Yeah, I think that when he fell unconscious, um, it just dimmed and dropped and is lying on the floor there in the secret passage. Yeah. Not but that's okay. It's all right. Okay. No one will find it. It's buried under Duggar guts. Duggar guts. And Jake, uh, I think you realize this as you enter the hallway uh, that leads to the shrine, and it's just, you know, suddenly pitch black out here. Mm. Okay. Can I stop here and light a torch? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so you guys make your way north up this hall to Halia's Shrine, and you look into the dark shrine, and all is quiet. And you see the benches still leaning up against the eastern wall, and ahead of you looms the statue of Halia. Come on, guys! I say, shh, shh, be quiet, they don't know we're here! Come on, guys! I'm coming as fast as I can. I know you're old. I drop Elric in front of the statue. Don't drop him. I Jesus. set him down gently. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right. So you're all in front of the statue with an unconscious Elric. I got something I want to do. Okay. What do you want to do? Uh, Esmir is going to uh, open her backpack and she's going to say, bad guy flag thingy. And then the flag that I took down from... The other room. I think mm -hmm. it's a flag of La Duguerre's. Yep, the flag with the broken crossbow bolt. Yeah. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, Halia Brightass. Brightass. No. Somebody was going to do I it. I would not do Somebody that. Somebody was going to do it. Brightass. <laughs> Halia. Halia Brightass. I know you're there. We beseech you for some help because something's happened to our friend. And I just want you to know that we are going to rid this place of the scum that killed your followers. And I've already taken their stupid flag down. And I'm going to throw the flag down and I'm going to spit on it. Okay. Dumbbags. And as the flag lands in front of the statue, it's suddenly engulfed in a twin coil of flames. 
just like the coil of flames that uh, surround the statue's greatsword and uh, the twin coil of flames that were emblazoned on her shield outside of the hostel. Mm. Right? And as the banner uh, burns up, you all hear in your heads a dwarven war cry. Rah! And as that happens, the statue's eyes suddenly flash with a brilliant, radiant light. And as the light uh, briefly illuminates the shrine, you all suddenly feel bolstered with toughness and resolve. And all your wounds begin to heal up and you regain all of your lost hit points. Oh, wow. And Cullen, uh, you suddenly feel energized and you also regain your action surge and second wind. Ah. And Jake and Esmir, you feel your arcane and divine uh, powers replenish as if you did an arcane recovery. Okay. So uh, you both regain three levels of spell slots. So you can regain a, a third level slot or one second and one first level slot or three first level slots. Okay. Okay, cool. And you also feel the blessings of Halia Bright Axe fill your being, just like when Jake blesses you. Oh, excellent. And as this happens to you guys, Elric suddenly jolts up and screams, nah! And he uh, looks around startled and confused like he, like he just woke up from a bad dream. What the hell happened to you? What's going on? And he, uh, he looks up at you guys hovering over him and he kind of, you know, squints uh, like he's trying to focus to, uh, you know, get a better look at you. And then he says, who are you guys? Uh, uh. What the hell are you talking about? And I'm going to go up to him. I'm going to like tap him on the face a little bit. Snap out of it, buddy. <laughs> it's me, Esmir. You're one of your best friends. What I'm are you talking about? Jake, I've known you since you were in swaddling clothing, you know. <laughs> you not recall? We've, we've, been on, we've been a questing for some time together, and we all go back way in our histories with you. How is it that you do not know who we are? And he looks... He looks very confused and even a little bit frightened. And uh, then he closes his eyes and he scrunches his face like he's thinking really hard. And he says, you all seem familiar to me, like, like I should know you, but I don't know why. In fact, who am I? Why, you're Eric Albion. Yeah. And again, uh, he closes his eyes like he's like he's trying to remember. What was what was the last thing um, that you remember? The last thing I remember is a loud war cry and, and a flash of bright light. Hey, that just happened. I'm going to walk around him and I'm going to is the arrow still stuck in him? Yes. I'm going to say, I'm going to examine the arrow to see if it, if it's magical or if it's bleeding him or if it's poisoned. I want to pull it out and see if it's poisoned. Okay. So you, uh, you pull the bolt out of his backpack and you notice that, that there's not even any blood on it. Oh, weird. So it's just a normal bolt? Yep. It looks uh, just like all the other bolts they've been shooting at you. Mm. Okay. Okay, I'm going to examine the hole in his backpack. Okay, so you open his backpack, 
and uh, you look in and investigate the hole uh, to see what the bolt uh, hit because it obviously didn't pierce his skin. And you find that the bolt instead pierced the skin bag that he got in the haunted mansion. That was from the night hag, right? Yes, he took it off Gertrude's belt and it's a bag made of dried human skin tied shut with strands of black human hair and a black raven feather. Mm -hmm. The hell did you keep that thing for? (laughs) (laughs) And you see that it's been pierced and now has a hole in it uh, the size of a bolt tip. Um. And what do, do we know something about what night hags do pertaining to that? Can you review that? Um, I'm not sure you guys actually had a chance to um, examine the skin sack. I, I remember that he was going to look at it, but we got ambushed and he never had a chance. Right. I remember him saying that that's what he wanted to do, right? Was get it investigated, basically. Yeah, I just remember he yeah. was wanting to do it, but we didn't have the time. And then he had bad dreams and then didn't... Doesn't the night hags do something with dreams? Don't they do something with dreams? Yes, you did recall that night hags invade your dreams while you sleep and there they would um, entice you to do evil acts while you were awake, and eventually you would die in your sleep, and then they would uh, steal your soul and take it to hell. Okay. I think we made that connection last time. But I don't think you ever identified the sack, Uh, but you can make a um, history check now if you'd like to try and remember um, some more lore. Okay, I got plus seven history. I could try. I don't know if I'm six. good at it. Go for it. Negative one. <laughs> nice. I got a 22. Oh, there you go. <laughs> good thing, because I'm a gnome. I should know stuff. The gnome knows. Okay, so with a 22, uh, you recall some more stories about night hags, and you seem to remember that this is how they transported the souls to hell. Through this sack? Yes. So uh, once the victim died, uh, they would extract their soul and put it in a sack stitched from the victim's skin. Ugh. So we're kind of in a 50-50 situation where possibly it was empty or possibly it was on its way um, and had a soul inside of it. Right. And that would be freaking creepy. He's been lugging this thing around. So I'm going to take the sack and I'm going to bring it in front of Elric and I'm gonna say is this your sack bro? <laughs> is this your sack? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. He looks at it and he looks very confused. I I don't know what that is. I've, I've never seen that before. Is it, is it mine? Uh. Okay Elric you're spooking me out here buddy. You're freaking me out. It's just Does the name Gertrude ring any bells? And he grabs his head and uh, seems to, you know, concentrate for a moment. And then he says, it it sounds familiar, but but I don't know why. Mm. Okay, okay. Tell me this. What's your name? Yeah, what's your name, bro? Uh, I I don't remember, but you keep calling me Elric, so. (laughs) Okay, okay. Hey, here. I mean, I pick up his glaive. Does this feel familiar to you? He kind of hesitates at first, um, 
but then he, you know, he takes it from you and he examines it and uh, checks its weight and balance. And then after a moment, he begins to spin it around and he says, uh, yes, this, this seems familiar to me. And I'm going to point to the butt. I'm gonna like, what do we usually call this? <laughs> um, the butt? Okay, okay. <laughs> That's half. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take the sack and I'm going to wrap it in something else. And I'm going to put it in my backpack. Okay. I'm going to hold on to it. Well, you got to come with us. We need to find Jack. Who is Jack? Uh, he's a dwarf. Dwarven warmaster. He came here on a quest to identify some trinket that there was a mock version made. And as you guys are discussing this and trying to see what Elric remembers, you all hear some banging and you turn to see the benches moving as if someone's trying to uh, to push them away from the arrow slits. We gotta make a decision real quick. Yeah. Do we go back up the hallway and try that secret door into a secret chamber and maybe, or maybe we just, it's like we've all had a great long rest. Should well, we? no, we have not. I mean, so I need to um, also- Well, we got this. bolstered by, what's her name? Halia Brightaxe. So we probably have bonuses and stuff. Yep, so I'll give you guys all your hit points back. And I'm gonna get one of my slot spell slots. Yep, which slots are you taking back? I did my third. Third level? Yeah. Okay, and Jake, which slots are you recovering? Um, I'm taking one second level slot back and one first. Okay, and Cullen, uh, you get back your second wind and action surge. Right on. All right, so it looks like the Durgar have gotten a stick or a javelin or something, and they're trying to knock over the benches that you guys place there so that they can, you know, get a bead on you guys. So let's um, let's go back to our previous initiative order. So, Cullen, it looks like these benches are about to fall over. What do you want to do? Well, whatever I need to do, I need to do it quick. And... Um... I only see two ways out of this room. The other, the third one is a dead end, but we could go down the stairs and try and lift the bars and get through. Or we could take off back down the hallway we just came and go right back to where we were in the secret door hallway and go at it from that angle. Um, well, now that Elric is standing, I think I'm gonna go for trying to lift the gate but you guys are gonna all have to run in there after me so I could set it down and then try lifting the one on the other side. They may have reset it, I don't know, but uh, it's uh, a 50-50. There's, there's an arrow slits over there too. There are, but there are arrow slits in this room too, so. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. And then if we go try to storm our way down the secret passage hallway, um, that's a lot of moving we could get surprised in any of those rooms. So I'm thinking tactically the best decision is to try to lift the gate and get down quick. Right, but how are we, how are you going to lift the gate, um, hold it up for us and then we run into the stairwell while you hold it up and then you climb inside, then you're gonna have to lift it up again and climb through it again. You're gonna be a pincushion. Well, there'll be three people with me, hopefully three, shooting back. 
so I won't be totally defenseless. All right, Cullen, what are you going to do? The benches are moving. Uh, fuck. It is just a... It's a, it's just a shooting gallery down there. We I got to, an idea. It's slightly fancy. I hope you don't mind. Lay it on me, but do it quick. Okay. <laughs> Make Run for the stairwell up towards the trap room, but don't go into the trap area. We're going to have a little small group huddle before we go. Go over there. Go. I, I'll stop in the antechamber. <laughs> no, no, that way. No, the other way. Uh, Which way? Okay, uh, go north into the hall, into the stairwell, to the cage. Oh, towards the yeah, cage. Yeah, that way, but yeah. You've got an idea. Okay. I got an let's idea. Let's be quiet. They might, they know we're here, but. Okay, so uh, let's see, 60 from there is 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. That gets no, me to the bottom yeah, of the don't, stairs. Don't, don't go yeah, there. But don't go in front of the slits. Don't go in front of the slits. Oh, well, I guess that would be 30. Yeah. So I stop at the bottom of the stairs. Okay. Two steps before the landing. And you, and I'm going to point to Elric, and you, buddy, follow our lead. And if you see bad guys, you have to fight them. Understood? Elric hefts his glaive and just gives you a nod. Okay, I'm the boss. You do what I say. <laughs> I look down at her and roll my eyes. <laughs> yes, it's true. She's a judge. Elric says... I shall follow your lead. Perhaps, perhaps fighting with you will jog my memory. Okay. As long as you know how to use your glaive there, you'll be fine. And hey, you know magic too, right? He looks at you raising an eyebrow. I do? Yeah, you do. Hmm. I'll show you later. We'll do a little refresher later, okay? And he gives you a nod. Okay, Esmir, what are you going to do? I'm going to run... Thanks, Halia. You're the best. I'm going to give her statue a little kiss. <laughs> I'm going to go. I wish I had thought of something five, like that. 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Shazam. And then I'm going to say, okay, Elric. I mean, Cullen. Are you ready to have a good time? I'm uncomfortable where this is going. <laughs> What's your plan? You're gonna love it. You're gonna love this. And then I'm going to, um, I'm going to put my hands out towards them, and I'm gonna go. Uh, What's a good sound effect for this? Blah 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 blah. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be it. I'll take care of the sound effects. You just cast the spells. No, I'm doing it. Uh, that's what I say. That's my incantation. Oh, that's what you say. Listen, <laughs> don't mess with the magic user, okay? Okay, sorry. And I'm going to cast Enlarge. Ah, okay. I'm going to make Cullen large. You're a big boy now, Cullen. You're a big boy now. <laughs> so does this mean that I can just lift the gates more easily? Yes, you'll have advantage on strength checks. Your weight is multiplied by eight. Oh. So now you're a large creature... Your weapons are also grown, and you attack with a 1d4 extra damage. Mm. And you look like a total badass. <laughs> oh no. And Elric, uh, he follows you guys to the stairwell, and he sees that uh, Cullen has just doubled in size, and he's <laughs> like, whoa. He no chuck. Cullen smash. And just as he turns the corner, one of the benches falls over. Mm. Jake, you're the last one in the shrine. What do you do? 
I do pretty much the same thing. I run into the stairwell and I'm coming around the corner and I see a swollen Cullen. <laughs> and I freak out. What happened to you, boy? Did you get stung by a bee? Jake, my tutor. You're huge. This is weird. Stand back, old man. And then I look back at Esmir and say, what if you die? I blowed him up. <laughs> I blowed him All up. All right, so Cullen, uh, Esmir has enlarged you. Uh, you're uh, towering over your party. Your hair is uh, brushing up against the ceiling of this hallway. Did his you... traveling cheese get bigger? <laughs> Probably. Yes, it smells <laughs> twice as bad. Yeah, it's kind of stinky. <laughs> I keep it wrapped up in a nice piece of wax paper. <laughs> All right, Cullen, it's your turn. What are you going to do? So I am going to step around this corner and grab the gate. Just smash it. And do a stri- uh, athletics check with advantage. 22. Nice. All right, so uh, with your enlarged muscles, you easily lift the gate back up into the ceiling. Yeah. Nice. And as you do, bolts begin flying down the hallway towards you. Bastards. Does this at beginning do anything to help my armor class? Uh, no, it does not. Ah, Esmeralda, you turned me into a shield. I'm just a barricade now. Crossbow bolt soaking barricade. All right, two bolts fly out of the arrow slits and down the hall. First one misses with an eight. And the second one also misses. Wow. They've got really bad aim. <laughs> well, it's I, I picture it like I'm like swatting at it like a like a you know like Godzilla just sort of right. <laughs> hitting the bolt out of midair. <laughs> All right, so that was your action. You still have movement left if you want to keep going. Uh, so I I move to the other side and of the cage of the two portcullisi portcullisi whatever, and I. Grab hold of it, preparing to lift. Okay, Esmir, your uh, enlarged Cullen has raised the first gate. What do you do? Can I take cover behind Cullen? <laughs> well. I mean, he's he's large and I'm small. Sure, I'll give you partial cover. Okay. And can I shoot a firebolt in, into one of those holes? Try yeah, to. but roll it uh, at a negative five. Negative five? How rude. Mm. Negative five, and what should I target? Oh, here, let me give you a target here. Give me something to target, hun. You're literally using me as a tank. Tanks. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, They're going to sing songs. The bards are going to sing songs about this, my friend. You're going to be so happy I did this. Mm. Okay, I'm going to shoot a firebolt through the hole with a negative five. Ooh. Oh, girl. Nice. 21 hits. Thanks, Halia. Holy macaroni and cheese. And you, I put you on heavy. Whoa. 12 points of damage. Nice. Scumbag. All right. So uh, Esmir gets her firebolt uh, nimbly through the arrow slit, just like the shot of Luke getting the torpedo into the exhaust port. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Stakes aren't quite that high, but yeah. <laughs> And then on the other side of the slits, you see a flare of fire, and then uh, Duragar screams. That's right. Ah! 
Hey, did you guys clean up your friend's brains from the door over there? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Elric, uh, he follows you into the hall and he uh, sees you toss your firebolt and suddenly uh, fire begins to form in his hand. Did you figure it out, buddy? <laughs> yes, yes, this feels familiar. Yeah, you see, it all came back. You heard it, right? It's power. Yes. Ah, and the firebolt misses. Just harmlessly uh, splashes against the stone wall. That's okay, it's okay. Then we cut to Jake in the stairwell. The party is rushing the arrow slits, Jake. What do you do? I guess what I would do is fire uh, some sacred flame. Okay, so roll their um, uh, saving throw with a plus five because of their cover. And I'm going to cast it aimlessly at that arrow slit and hope it goes through. Oh, you rolled a 19 and avoids the sacred flame. Um, so what I'm doing is that I'm backing up. Okay. I'm backing up back here. So I'm behind the wall again. All right, and the Durgar are going to uh, continue firing at the huge human. <laughs> They're like, wait a minute, that's our trick. <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah. All right, first bolt fires. And hits with a 21. Mm. Doing eight points of damage. Good shot. And another one fires. And misses with a nine. Then you can see um, bodies moving back there beyond the arrow slits as they uh, rotate and switch places. Mm. And another bolt flies out towards Esmir and misses with a six. Uh-huh. It's because I'm hiding behind my friend. <laughs> then another bolt flies out, uh, this one towards Elric. And it also misses with a 12. Mm. All right, Cullen. Uh, you have a hold on the gate. Uh, Esmir and Elric have come up behind you, and bolts are whizzing all around you. What do you do? I already have advantage clicked. All I have to do is roll a strength check. All right, so you rolled a 15. Uh, this gate gives you a little more resistance, but a 15 is enough, and you lift it back up into the ceiling. Right on. They say, run! Yeah! Fly, you fools! Fly! Fly. Okay, Esmir, Cullen has lifted the gate and he's holding it up for you. What do you do? I'm going to... Do you think I could shoot a mouse? Um, well, you tossed in a firebolt, so I would say, why not? I would say, why not, too? I'm with you. <laughs> so I'm going to go 5, 10, 15, 20. Oh, how convenient. 25, which gives me five more feet of movement. I'm going to be like... Hey guys, got something for you. And they're like, ah, it's the grenade gnome. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> guys, oh. trick or treat. Here's your MMs. <laughs> and they all succeeded. Oh, no. <laughs> they all succeeded. Shit. They were ready for you this time. And you still gonna get damaged, Skadoosh. Only five damage, but that kills one of them. Oh! Uh-oh. It was the guy right in front of the arrow slit. <laughs> I have actually an odd number of them, but I'm going to shoot another one. Okay. I know you guys had fun with that. I know you guys are having as much fun as I am. They're like, get out of the way. Move, move, move. Oh, no, no. You're <laughs> fine right where you are. 
And action. Ooh. Oh, fail. Oh, fail is Loser, time. loser, and loser. Skadoosh. Oh, jeez. Ah, uh, only three points of damage. Oh, that's crazy. That's they were ready for it. The M&Ms let me down. That's okay. And then I have an action, too. The Melfs is a bonus action. Yep. Okay, who wants a fireboat? <laughs> okay, roll that with a negative five. And pew! Oh boy. You hit? 18 oh. in your face, bud. Oh. And pew! Oh, you wasted it. Oh, did you die? Yeah. 18 points of damage. Oh my god. Wow. Exceeded hit points by 15. Oh, <laughs> no. that is awesome. Cut to a shot of the door guard behind him just <laughs> like someone <laughs> threw a bucket of blood and guts on him. <laughs> Blood cannon. <laughs> yeah, the blood cannon. It's been great. It's been great. Bye-bye. I'm going to move five, my last five feet of movement into the stairwell. <laughs> nice. Then we go to Elric, who uh, quickly follows Esmir into the stairwell. Good job, kid. Good job. <laughs> is, this, is this normal for us? <laughs> yeah, and usually Elric goes right in front of me just in case someone shoots at us. It'll hit you instead of me because that's the kind of guy he is. Okay, got it. <laughs> All right, Jake, uh, you peer around the corner and see Cullen holding up the gate while Elric and uh, Esmir duck into the far stairwell. What do you do? Um, I'm going to run. I'm going to run into the um, stairwell, and I'm going to thank Cullen on the way by. Thank you, big guy. As I <laughs> Thank you, Tata. I would get to the top of the stairwell. I don't want to block his way, though. Um, he could squeeze by you. Okay. All right, and we cut to the uh, the two blood-covered Durgar <laughs> on the other side of the arrow slits. They're like they they blew up Jimmy. <laughs> and they uh, both fire at the Hulk holding up the gate. <laughs> First bolt hits with a twenty-one. Oh. That's, that happened last time. Oh, he rolled a one. Two points of damage. Mm. Just nicks ya. And the second guy misses with an 11. Uh. He's, still got, he's still got some guts in his eyeballs, so he's like, ugh. Uh, there's ah. Jimmy. All right, Cullen, everyone's made it into the stairwell. What do you do? I drop the gate and follow them down the stairs. Excuse me. <laughs> hey, Chubby, what's going on? <laughs> so you guys make it into this dark stairwell that leads down deeper into Firehammer Hold. And uh, AC scouted uh, this out earlier, so you know that it leads to an underground cave. Oh, yeah. So you uh, head down, and as you do, the enlarged spell wears off and Cullen returns back to normal size. Eyes closed, Baggy. <laughs> <laughs> and soon you reach the bottom of the stairs. And just like AC said, a large open cave stretches before you. It has a 30 foot high ceiling. And it looks like um, at some point, uh, dwarves were working on this cave because the ground is nice and flat. And the Southern half of the cave where you guys are has a smooth stone walls like those in the upper part of the hold but it looks like they never finished because the northern half of the cave is still, you know, rough, natural rock, right? And also in the northern half of this cave, there is a natural pool of rippling water. 
And uh, Easter- is it a well or is it a rippling pool? It's a rippling pool, yes. Actually rippling. If you look at the image, it's animated. Oh, wow. I don't like that at all. I don't like it either. You have to wonder what's causing it to ripple. It makes me think something might be in it. Mm. And east of the pool, there is a natural like niche that holds a statue of a female dwarf in scale mail leaning on a battle axe. And a strange looking helm rests upon her head. And to the north, there is a natural tunnel that leads to darkness. And directly to your west, there looks to be a more uh, unfinished construction of a staircase that leads down. Okay. Hmm. So, so out of curiosity, does the um, does the the helmet that's on this statue does it look like it belongs there, or, or does it look like something that these um, Durgar might have put on its head? Um, it's it's kind of difficult for you to tell. Uh, because your torchlight barely makes it there. Okay. Roll me an insight check, Jake. I got a 22. Okay. Um, so as you're uh, squinting into the darkness and uh, trying to get a look at this statue with your torchlight, you realize that Elric doesn't seem to be struggling in the darkness. He's not, uh, you know, relying on your torch to see. That's interesting because I did notice that you don't have your drift globe with you anymore. He says, my what? You had a drift globe, you know, a light source, a little ball, the globe. You don't recall. He shrugs. No, I don't. How is it that you see, like, how far can you see right now? Tell me, look out that way. Can you see the wall on the opposite side of the rippling pool? (laughs) <laughs> he says, uh, yes, I, I see it perfectly. And you don't have dark vision? Well, he might now. Maybe that glass down the hall. He's human, like me. See, here's the thing. We keep on talking about this arrow, but there was also this blast, I, which you would think might have one thing to do with the other. But um, did, the, did the arrow hit him first and then the blast hit? Or we don't know. There was just the that a- giant. The arrow hit the pouch. Yeah, the arrow hit the pouch. But the arrow, but the the dwarves didn't have magic arrows. Like it didn't. They didn't use them on anybody else. The the arrow hit his hit that pouch in his backpack. Right, and, but then there was that. There was also that 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 boom thing where the wind came yeah, flying out of the hall. Which is right? probably came from the pouch. Whatever, exploding. Something obviously exploded from inside the pouch. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's some sort of primitive gunpowder or right. magical thing. Or it was a soul exploding out of hell where it came from. Yeah, okay. They do so, carry souls in bags like those. Then uh, Elric, who's been uh, looking around the cave, says, So, which way now? All right. I'm going to hug the wall so I don't get close to the rippling pool. (laughs) And then I'm going to make my way towards the statue. Okay. What about the rest of you? Well, I would like to make my way towards the statue with Esmir. Um, I just also want to hug the wall. Yeah. As I do it. Hug the wall. Okay. I, I am throwing caution to the wind. (laughs) I have a scheme, a cunning plan. Okay. I'm going to dash across the room and try and get around this niche in the rock across from the statue. 
It is exactly 60 feet. <laughs> okay, so Jake and Esmir are, are hugging the wall, cautiously making their way, and Colin just <laughs> runs past them full speed to the statue. And then Esmir says, all righty then. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. All right, so you guys uh, make it to the statue, and it's a very old and worn-looking statue, right? But you can tell uh, that it's a statue of Halia Brightaxe. And you see that a uh, strange iron helm has been placed on her head that definitely doesn't belong there uh, because it looks like an octopus's head. Mm. Huh. I know that octopus. Yeah, this kind of looks familiar to you, Jake. Why don't you roll a history check? Mm. Got a 25. Wow. Okay, so Jake, um, you take a closer look and you surmise that this iron helmet was shaped to resemble the head of a race of creatures called elithids, or as they're more commonly known, mind flayers. Oh, those guys. Hmm. And you know that um, mind flayers are evil and sadistic aberrations that are feared by sentient creatures all across the multiverse because of their um, innate and powerful psionic abilities, huh. which they use to expand their dominion over all other creatures by uh, either controlling their minds, you know, turning them into uh, slaves, or devouring their brains for sustenance. That's interesting. That's creepy. <laughs> and as you're thinking about this, Jake, you notice that the that the base of the statue has been recently chipped away and carved with an inscription in Dwarvish. And I whisper to you what it says. It says Queen of the Invisible Art. Yes, and you can roll a religion check uh, to see if that rings a bell. I rolled a 16 plus six is 22. All right, uh, so you've read about this Queen of the Invisible Art, and you know that this is a title for Deep Dura, who is the Durgar goddess of conquest and psionics, and a Mind Flayer skull is her symbol. Interesting. <laughs> they're trying to deface it. Uh, I think that they're also trying to... Um, Unconsecrate? Yeah. Deconsecrate? Yeah, just kind of like take away the powers that Bright Axe has within this realm. Because mm. she obviously, these statues carry power. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like by putting this helm or this thing on their head, it's mind, it's doing the mind flare thing and is squashing um, her power. That's just my hey, guess. What should I do with this thing? We just need to knock it off of her head. Okay, wait, hold on. Before we do that, and as we're doing that, Esmir's gonna take t some steps back. The spirit of Halia Brightaxe just gave us blessings and everything else, so now I want to return the favor. Oh, absolutely. All right, well, I watch Esmeralda back up t 10 feet, and then I approach the statue and <laughs> try and rip this thing off. Okay. You just take it off. It's not attached or difficult to remove. You know what? I set it on the ground and I take out my axe. They say, Halia, I, 
I defile this symbol in your honor, and I hit it with an axe. Okay. Uh, so you uh, smash the octopus-shaped helmet, uh, putting a big dent in it and, and uh, uh, breaking off one of the tentacles. And as that happens, you all once again hear Halia's dwarven war cry echo in your heads. And you all suddenly feel uh, inspired. So give yourselves an inspiration point. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, sweet. Nice. So I think it's uh, time to leave this room. Um, but which staircase or which tunnel? Or I don't really want to walk in front of that pond. No, not the one we came down, surely. But perhaps we should take the staircase on the western side. Or, and don't go up the stairs, stay on this level and go up that path that's hidden from view. We have to go around that way anyway, so let's just start moving in that direction if we're all agreed. Sure. Esmeralda! I, Esmir is going to, we can go down that pathway, but Esmir's going to hug the wall like this. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to go across like this. Yep. And then she's going to exactly go across like this. Okay, I'll, I'll do the same thing. Yes. Corner I'm, to corner. I'm with her. Come on, Elric. Do what we do. And, and Elric, uh, he nods and begins hugging the wall of the cave and follows you. Hey, Elric. Yes? Do you like citrus fruits? You know, like maybe, let's say, a clementine? <laughs> hmm. I'm not sure, but I think I might enjoy a clementine. <laughs> Why, do you have one? No, I was just wondering. Oh. About the blueberry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move next to Esmeralda and look into this room. So I moved to the northwest. Okay, so you guys make your way around this cave, hugging the wall, keeping your distance from the pool, and you make your way to this opening on the western side. And you see that it's a narrow tunnel, only about five feet wide, and it leads into darkness. And you follow it for a bit, and it begins to curve back to the east. We're going deep into the bowels of this creature's, this mountain's intestines. It's starting to look like an octopus arm. What? And eventually, the tunnel leads you to another large cave with a 30-foot high ceiling that is supported by several natural stone columns. And just like the previous cave, this one also has a pool of rippling water along the southern wall. And also like the previous cave, the floor in here has been flattened, but the floor in here is covered with damp sawdust marked with many footprints of booted feet. Mm. And scattered around this chamber are sawhorses and carpentry tools like axes and saws and uh, hammers and rasps. And on the floor along the north wall, lie two 50-foot-long collapsible ladders made of wood and steel. And both ladders are fitted with prongs on one end. And you can tell that these ladders are intended to scale the walls of like a castle or stronghold, right? And this, uh, this cave's walls are all rough and natural stone. 
But to the east, you see a hallway that has been constructed and lined with smooth stone, like um, the same dwarven style uh, as the upper part of the hold. And finally, you can see two more tunnels exiting this chamber, one to the north and the other to the northwest. And out of the northwest tunnel, you see the flickering of firelight. I think something bad's gonna happen soon. Esmir, you have dark vision. Jump into the pool and and see if they both connect. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. It's never gonna Come happen. Come on! Here, let me tie this string to you first. And the other end, I'll put on me pole. So, you know, it's not even funny, guys. It's hurting my feelings. I'm sorry. Scared. I was just a pin cushion a little ways back. <laughs> I wanted to see if they both connected somewhere and if there was anything down at the bottom that was worth, that was valuable. Okay, you can swim. <laughs> you swim. I have no goggles, you see. Um, first of all, I want to inspect the footprints. Oh, yeah, that's right, in the sawdust. In the sawdust. Okay, you, uh, you inspect the footprints in the sawdust, and you can tell that the footprints are dwarven and that the sawdust is fresh. Well, we saw they were cutting more trees down. Well, what's interesting is that it's got to have access to the outside and this spot because obviously they're not going to carry it too far to actually have to work on it. Ah, and the DM said it was very deep, which means we started out very high, which means now we may be at ground level. I'm thinking that we're close to the outside at one of these tunnels. There's also, guys, don't forget there's torchlight over here, which usually means that there's someone in there. They're probably listening to all this shit we're saying. I'm going to cross to the other side of the opening. Elric, come up here, buddy. Okay, so uh, Elric makes his way over to you. I can stealthily peek around the corner. Can I do that? Sure. And I want to douse my flame. Okay. I'm going to stealthily peek around the corner. All right, you uh, peer into this tunnel, and you see that it quickly opens up into a rough-hewn chamber that is illuminated by several flickering torches along its walls. The ceiling in here is uh, about 15 feet high, and you can see several thin tunnels branching off the main chamber. And in this main area, you see a wooden table with leather straps attached to it. Oh boy, mm. like a torture table. Right. And next to this, um, the stalagmite here, you see some wooden uh, scaffolding with hooks and pulleys dangling from it. The tor- this is a torture room. And as you're seeing all this, you suddenly hear a cough come from somewhere inside this chamber and echo off its walls. Okay, I think, I think, okay, guys, I think there's a possibility that Jack might be in there. Aye. It's, a, it's like a torture room kind of thing. I'm going to stealthily peek, I'm going to go stealthily and see if I can see anything. I'm going to follow you in. Don't sh- I got the dark vision. Yeah, but let's just do one stealth roll at a time. Mm. Should I roll stealth? Yes, please. (sighs) Eight. Oh, boy. Okay, so as you're making your way into this chamber, 
you uh, you brush up against the stone wall and some some loose rocks tumble down. Okay. So you make it to where the tunnel opens up into this chamber. And you can now see that there are four thin tunnels that branch off this main area. And you can now also see that um, uh, carved into this chamber's walls are several three-foot-wide circular openings. And the openings are all covered with a steel grate. And you now notice that down these, um, these branching tunnels are more of these circular grates. Sounds like a dungeon. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to come around and I'm going to slowly follow these guys. I think we should just start checking cells. Okay. I would like to look into this cell. Okay. So you guys make your way into the chamber and approach one of these grates. And you immediately see a padlock on the grate locking it shut. And you look into the opening and you see a small cell with a floor covered in filthy straw. Then, from out of a dark corner of the cell appears a human man. His hair is long and tangled. His beard is long and and mangy. He looks and smells like he hasn't bathed in months. His uh, clothes are tattered and torn, and his body is bruised and emaciated and he immediately reminds you of the bodies laying in the mass grave outside of Firehammer Hold. Mm. And his, his dirty hands grab the bars of the grate and he looks at you with wide eyes of, of disbelief. And he says, you're, you're no gray dwarf. Are you here to rescue us? Yes, I, we are. Then his voice uh, goes down to a whisper. Be careful. They're still in here. They've been waiting for you. Uh (laughs) And so we leave our heroes deep under fire hammer hold in what looks like the prison. But who are the prisoners? And is one of them Jack? Why does Esmir have a turntable and a microphone in her pocket? Who is Luke? And why did he shoot a torpedo into an exhaust port? Eh, will Exceeds Bitches become a t-shirt? I'd buy one. But who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Roll Radio. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right, so that was our first session without Cliff. And um, I have to say it was uh, a little strange not having him there. Uh, I think we all felt a little off, especially with me playing Elric. Um, But as you can kind of see, I'm not going to be role-playing Elric, uh, because that would feel weird. So instead, I'm going to be playing an Elric who uh, seems to have amnesia. Uh, now, I know that sounds a little soap opera-y, uh, but I think it's going to work well for the story because we just started to dive deeper into Elric's backstory, all right, uh, ever since the Haunted Mansion and Gertrude. And over time, my plan was to reveal a connection. 
Um, and my original plan was for Elric to investigate and identify the skin sack um, and then decide what to do with it. But since we didn't get that far and Elric or Cliff is now unable to make that decision, I decided to force it to happen with a crossbow bolt piercing the skin bag. So we'll see how that works out. I sort of have a plan or an idea, but as you know, the story is pretty fluid and it's always dependent on what the players do. Now, the players knew I was gonna do something like this because you know we discussed it when we were deciding how to proceed without Cliff, but they don't know where it's gonna lead. So we'll see. All right, on another note, I wanna give a shout out to our newest patron, Jade. Thanks for uh, giving us that great review and joining us on this adventure. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. And the adventure we're playing is Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition and the Scourge of the Sword Coast module by Wizards of the Coast. Check them out at dnd.wizards.com. The Roll Radio theme was composed and produced by Andrew Capone. You can find a link to his work on the Roll Radio website, as well as a link to Sirenscape, where all the in-game music and sound effects come from. Go there and see how you can give your games an epic soundtrack. All right, thanks again for listening, everybody, and tune in next time to see how those guys deal with invisible bad guys.